Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining me tonight for this week's episode of the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta, founder of singleinthecity.ca, joined by my lovely friend, TV personality, and philanthropist, Joan Kelly Walker. Hi, Joan. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hear your voice, Laura. I miss you. I miss you, too. How can getting in touch with your spiritual side and turning to mindfulness help with your romantic life? Tonight's guest is someone who has found his calling in helping people find true wellness, Shaman Durek. He is an amazing person that I've had the pleasure of experiencing his talents firsthand. He's a sixth-generation shaman, author of bestseller Spirit Hacking, Shamanic Keys to Reclaim Your Personal Power, Transform Yourself, and Light Up the World, and a visionary for the now age. Tonight, we'll learn more about how mindfulness can transform your life, how he helps people overcome challenges, and how you can manifest your soulmate and the love that you deserve. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Shaman Durek. Uh, thank you very much. Have, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I am so happy that you're here with us tonight. So first of all, because I'm sure we have some listeners who are not too familiar with what you do, can you explain to us what is a shaman? What is a shaman and what do you do in a nutshell? Yes, so a shaman is a person who is here putting the power back in people's hands by helping them build what is called authentic relationships, both with themselves, with nature, with their ancestors, with the food they eat, with the way they communicate in their lexicon and how they operate and associate within their own neurological functionings and how they operate in relationships, as well as how they create um, an, a well source within their community. So shamanism predates way back in history, all the way from all the different um, indigenous cultures, from the Mayan, the Toltecs, the Africans, the um, people who are the Inuit people, and also the Mongolians. And pretty much every culture has had a shaman or a shaman who was a medicine woman at one time or another. And the understanding of shamanism is not based in religion, but it's based in, in relationship and our relationship to creation through everything that creation has created. So that's how we operate as shamans. And what I do is I've spent my whole life mediating for countries in Israel, Iceland, um, Turkey, Palestine, working in major um, companies um, and helping them facilitate new ways to create ideas and innovations. I've been working with House of Parliament, helping different um, social systems and speaking on behalf of women as a women's advocate, as well as helping people to be able to facilitate better relationships when it deals with international affairs. And I've spent most of my life doing that as well as seeing people individually for personal um, um, sessions, as well as teaching and speaking on major platforms from tech industries to Wall Street to you name it. And I've spent a great deal of my life learning how to best support people by looking at where we are in our evolution, looking at the human ecology and looking at how we operate within our neurological system, looking at mental health. I speak on a lot of mental health boards. And my focus is to put the uh, power back in people's hands so that people are able to function and be able to adapt to anything that shows up and be able to still be okay and filled with love and joy and generosity and kindness towards themselves and towards each other. 
Wow. So, Shaman Durek, you mentioned that you're a sixth-generation shaman. When did you realize that this was your calling in life, that it was on the spiritual side? And why do you think this is so important for people to connect with and to explore and discover now more than ever? So I was five years old when I was chosen in my family. My family's heritage comes from West Africa, which is where our shamanic roots come from. And it goes back throughout my bloodline. And my family um, in their tribe in West Africa was split up because of slavery. And half of my family ended up in the Christian border um, prison. And the other half escaped by boat to, um, to Haiti and then from Haiti to Nolan. And thanks to my great grandmother and her mother, they continued to keep the tradition alive with the children and, um, and my elders. And that was passed down to me. And what they did was they brought in uh, from African culture, they brought in religion, which was Catholicism. And then my grandmother decided to pull out of that and pull it into more spiritualism, which is more about connecting back to the, the roots of nature and what God created and having a relationship from the traditional sense, and um, and then it came it came to me because I was chosen in my family because I had the gifts and the abilities, and uh, the way you know why the reason why it's so important right now in our evolution right now is because a lot of psychologists and a lot of people who are psychotherapists and I work with a lot of them, um, they don't operate in always in the field of emotional intelligence and understanding the adaptation of human beings as well as their the mental ecology and emotional facility that we go through as human beings when we're bombarded with billboards and bombarded with stress from families and, you know, and, and looking at all of these different uh, modalities that can cause aggressive markers within our system that can break down our cellular process, can start um, degeneration of our cells and really cause us to have um, a lot of mental decline and emotional upset because we're not able to function with this much input and still be able to maintain our lives because of fear and lack and scarcity and all these other things that play a, a great portion of humanity's downfalls when it comes to how people, um, you know, have different issues from poverty to relationship issues to you name it. And that's because we haven't learned the one fundamental principle, which is to be true to the self. And shamanism is all about relationship to the self is a relationship to God. So the more you honor yourself, the more you love yourself, the more you be who you exactly are supposed to be instead of letting other people change you. You're basically saying to God, I love you for creating me. Thank you. I, I appreciate what this what I've been created to be. But what most people do on the planet, which is very different from the animal species, is they change themselves to fit in or they, they rip themselves apart to make other people comfortable, which then causes them to be self-betrayers to themselves. And in that process, they suffer. Wow. Mm-hmm. I love it all. And now becoming attuned to our spiritual self and finding mindfulness is, is one way that we can continue to grow. What advice do you have for people who are just beginning their journey of self-discovery and growth? Like, what are some of the first steps that we can take to become more conscious of, of what's going on on the inside? So the first thing I would say is stop analyzing. Analyzation is basically an accumulation of information that you have gathered from the time that you were a child to where you are now that was suited to this 
uh, system into this way of living, you know, this understanding of the polarity brain, which is the mind that is held in duality. So the first key to really see anything or to know anything is to observe from a place of love. That means sit in a place of love with yourself on every level. If you're a smoker, if you're a drinker, if you're a person who gets angry, if you're a person who, you know, gets irritable, if you're having difficulty with money, whatever it may be, just focus on just sitting in a place of love and observe it, not from a place of I should do better or I'm going to beat up on myself or I'm going to compare myself or I'm going to look at where I think I should be and then be more upset with myself. The biggest downfall when it comes to people awakening in their spirituality is they think spirituality is based on doing something like either doing yoga or drinking green smoothies or, you know, taking ayahuasca or doing any of these types of things, which you can do. But we must understand that those things are there to assist us. We're not to be codependent upon those things. They are there as tools to enhance what we are creating in ourselves. And the true spirituality is evolution. It means I am willing to evolve and refine myself from a place of love, not from a place of beating up on myself or I'm going to go to hell or I'm a bad person or I'm, you need to feel guilty. But operating in the field of evolution is real. Seasons change, and therefore I also have to change as well so that I can meet those seasons. I can meet what ha- what's happening on a cellular level. I can meet what's happening on an external and internal level, and that can only happen with me coming into a place of ease and grace is the pace. And that's the first key is realizing this is evolution, and I can evolve through love. So I guess what you're essentially saying is that we need to acknowledge our dark side when it surfaces. Because we're going to have those days where we don't like ourselves, that we may be pessimistic, we might be lazy, we might be depressed. Um, So basically, it's seeing yourself for who you are and then grasping the fact that your imperfections are what make you perfect. Right. So it's understanding that the dark side, right, is is, is asking for love. It's asking to be requalified back into love and removed out of judgment and out of separation from love. So everything, the, the greater life we have is when we take everything out of duality and bring it back into the center nucleus of love, which is where God is waiting for us, which is where the source is, where creation is. It's where the nucleus of all creation, the spark of divinity comes from. And so... In order to do that, if we're going through those dark, and people call it the dark night of the soul, they're going through difficult times or these dark things start showing up, instead of judging them, ridiculing them, and condemning them, which is what we've been doing on our planet and why we have been moving slowly in our evolutionary process with every aspect of ourselves, we come from a much more greater place when we actually step into an understanding of compassion and love for the sake of love, which is through the understanding of acceptance. I love that. Well, we need to take a break. But when we come back, Shaman's going to give us advice on how to squash the negative energy from affecting us. Don't go anywhere. back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. We are back. Thanks for joining me for the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bilotta with Joan Kelly Walker tonight and our special guest, Shaman Durek. 
chatting about positive energy and how we can use mindfulness to overcome challenges. Let's get back at it. So before the break, we were talking about darkness and just touched a bit on negative energy. And I want to go deeper into that. Negative energy is obviously something that can interfere with our happiness and, the, and you know, stop us from finding our purpose. And there's so many things going on in the world around us with COVID and everything. It can be hard to prevent that negative energy or darkness from getting to us. I mean, look at the way that suicide rates have expanded bloated and, you know, depression and everything seems to be really prevalent right now. How can we find ways to stop the negative energy from taking over and affecting us? One of the reasons why negativity takes such a hold of humanity is because human beings are still operating in this idea that the negative energies that they're taking on, they feel responsible to take them on instead of safeguarding themselves through raising what we call their spiritual immunity. Spiritual immunity is the understanding that I don't need to take on energies that are not frequency uh, in the higher frequency of love. We have been programmed to take those energies on. And the way that we begin to, you know, to unprogram ourselves from taking on negative energies is to realize that that is not what we choose in our life. It really is a, a, a true choice. I've helped so many people become negative energy free because they realize that they have a choice to decide what enters their temple. They have a choice mm. to decide what comes into their home. They have a choice to decide what type of people they sit down at the table with. They have a choice to decide. And so a lot of times we take in negative energies because we're either too nosy, we're too self-involved um, you know, in information and, and, and knowledge that is not supportive. It's like you have a choice to decide to drink the cross and bones bottle of poison or not. You know, and it's like when I see people spewing negative energy, I know that I have a choice to either take it in and react to it or look at it and go, oh, look, they're releasing negative energy. That's good. They're clearing themselves, but I don't need to take it on because we are such an empathic culture. We tend to take on energies that do not belong to us out of this idea that we're not participating or being a part of a system that is there to, you know, to really actually bring these negative energies into us so that it can lower our magnetic frequency and we can't manifest and create the things we want to create because we're overly consumed. And most people live in negative energy because they're not honoring their truth. So they rather choose the negative energy. And the reason why negative energy has such an effect on humanity is that most of humanity from the time where we are in our evolution are empathic people. Now, there are different states of empathic people. There are empathic people who can feel other people's emotions. There's empathic people who can feel group energies. There's empathic people who can feel what's happening across the sea. There's empathic people who, can, who feel responsible for other people's pain. And there's empathic people who take on other people's problems so that they can find peace within that person or within that family member and so forth. And therefore, I'm trying to understand why they're actually going through what they're going through, which all of these are dysfunctional, empathic ways of operating. And what we do as a society is that when we take on empathic energies, because we don't have coping mechanisms built into our system of education and the way that we're developed through our emotional intelligence, we don't have the ability to handle all those frequencies of energy that we're being experienced in any moment that we tend to go to alcohol or drugs or addictions, food addictions, binging addictions, uh, bulimia. I mean, the list goes on. Shopping addictions, sex addictions, any type of addiction you can imagine is a way for people to recall their power back. 
So when people go to addiction, it's because they're calling their power back from all of the bombardment that they're getting because they don't have the coping mechanisms and the emotional intelligence to handle what's actually happening. So negative energy comes in when we are taking in empathic frequencies. And that comes from our idea that we actually have to feel everything that's going on and hold on to it. We don't. We can observe, see, and dismiss. We can acknowledge and see and feel and then say, okay, this is not mine, and then I'm letting it go. We don't have to hold on and and be nosy in everyone's business, what the news is saying, what this person is saying, watching scary movies, constantly increasing your cortisol and and, and creating infractions within your system that are negative cellular um, markers that eventually lead to cancer and um, autoimmune disease because of the cells beginning to turn the other way, which turns into tumors, the high levels of inflammation and the disruptive patterns happening within your neurological system. These are all causing um, inflections within the body that lead to disease and sickness and, and depression and suicide and all types of things. And we have the ability to move ourselves from it. And I, in, and I know, though, that sometimes it's not easy to detach yourself from, from such people that are toxic. I'm just saying, like, some of us have toxic family members. You can't choose your family, but you can choose your perception. And you can change your perception on how you perceive your family member, not from a place of taking everything personally, but from a place that they have an illness and they're sick. And this is a real virus. It's a different type of virus. It's a spiritual virus. And they're ill. And the reason why they're acting the way they're acting, why they're acting out of character and the way they're acting that way is because they're ill. And so when you ever work in a hospital and you work with people who are ill, some people are very angry and they'll call you names and they'll say mean things to you. You don't take it offensively. You don't take it, you don't take it on because you know they're ill. And so we have to understand and start making allowances in our perceptions and how we perceive things, not from a place of I'm a victim, I can't believe you're doing this to me, I'm such a good person, woe is me, but from a place of, oh my God, wow, you ha- you're, you ha- there's an illness happening and this, they're in pain and this is why they're acting this way. And I'm not going to take that on as that, that, that it has something to do with me. This is them. Now my thing is to decide how much of the abuse am I willing to handle? Am I willing to come in and say, hey, here's some information for you, you can get help but I'm not going to sit here and have you, you know, be rude or disrespectful or critical of me or any of these types of things. You know, there's, we have to decide how we're going to navigate it, but from a different perception. Perception is everything. It changes the whole way your entire body receives information and the way in which we perceive the world around us. Yeah, so basically you're establishing and maintaining boundaries so that you don't get pushed into situations that you don't want to be a part of. I mean, that's a way of saying it, but a boundary is not even necessary if you're being, if your boundaries are clear with your internal self. You know, we have an old saying in Africa that's like, you know, you don't need to create an external boundary if your internal self is aware of what it will, what it chooses and what it won't choose, then the universe will support it and people won't even mess with you. There'll be no need to because your energy field will be holding that boundary, even if you don't have to speak it from your mouth. Right. Interesting. Now, your work has helped many people overcome challenges, big ones, small ones, and there are so many roadblocks and toxic habits that I see single people face that prevent them from putting themselves out there or finding someone who treats them right. So, for example, uh, they're emotionally unavailable. They use rejection as a coping mechanism. They, they're always looking for something better. They have personal doubt. They allow their past experiences to affect the present. How can we overcome these roadblocks so that we can start making the right moves when it comes to finding love? 
Well, the first key to finding love is finding yourself. You can't find love unless you find yourself. And finding yourself means that you're clear with on your shelf. You're clear with who you are. You're clear with what you say about yourself. And you're clear in the way you perceive yourself. You know, one of the biggest mistakes that people make when it comes to relationships is they're looking for someone to validate them and give them accolades where they're not showing up for themselves. That puts them in a very dangerous situation. And that then makes them allow themselves to give themselves permission to sabotage themselves. It gives them the ability to push relationships away, to close down, to, you know, to run, to think bad about themselves, to put themselves in abusive relationships because they're not aware of who they are. You can't see someone unless you see yourself. You know, and the key element to seeing yourself is to get to know who you are. That's why I love that movie, The Runaway Bride, because she goes through all these uh, attempts as Julie Roberts. She runs away from all these people. And then Richard Gere finds like falls in love with her and they fall in love with each other. And then she runs away from him. And he thought she was the one person that wasn't going to run from him. And then at the end of the movie, she asked him, spoiler alert, but I have to tell you at the end, she asked, you know, he asked her, why did you run? And she said, because I didn't I realized that every person I was going to marry knew who they were, except for me. I didn't know what my favorite eggs were. I didn't even know who I was. And the key element is before you put yourself out there, get to know yourself. So you're so solid about who you are that when someone walks in the door, you're not changing yourself to meet their expectations. You're not compromising because you want love. You're not cutting yourself out because you want to make them more important than you, because that's the real abuse. So I think it sounds like a lot of vulnerability is stemming from past hurt. So can we talk about healing from past hurt? That's something that so many people struggle with us. And it doesn't matter if you're single or a couple or whatever, but it can hold us back in different areas of our lives, especially in our romantic life. Yeah, well, I mean, look at it from this perspective. Your brain is a time machine. Your conscious mind has, you have a spirit that can travel at any given time at any given moment. Most people don't realize that their, their spirit is traveling more than they even know from their body to all these different memories, possibilities of the future, possibilities of the quantum existence of something that they could choose that they haven't chose yet, and memories of things that cause them pain. Now, if you went to a vacation and everything on your vacation was horrible, and you would come home feeling tired and feel like you need a vacation from your vacation. Well, the same is true with your mind. If you allow your spirit to travel to these thoughts and, or dig up these old graveyards, you're going to constantly keep reinstating the trauma. The trauma can't actually heal itself that wants to heal itself because you keep reinstating it like Groundhog Day because you keep going back to those memories and using those memories as workable tools to limit you from seeing the potential of what could be versus you pulling the past of what was and making it what is now. And we have to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more about healing and learning from past mistakes and moving on. And the importance of forgiveness. We'll be back. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bilotta, with co-host Joan Kelly Walker and our special guest tonight, Shaman Durek. Let's get back to our chat on healing from past hurt and learning to move on. 
So my question is obviously, how do we do that? How do we learn from our past? And how do we actually take the steps to move on and learn? So the key element is becoming a flight, your own personal, uh, you know, like when you go to a travel agent, you know, you have to become your own travel agent. You have to pay attention when your mind wanders, that's your spirit traveling. And when it goes to a place that it shouldn't be going, you stop it in that moment and, and you send it to a different location. And it's really not that difficult to do. And I've trained thousands of people all over the world how to redirect their mind, which is their spirit, from traveling to places that are less desirable and drawing those energies back into their body. Because the brain and your body doesn't know the difference between then and now. And so when you go thinking, when you're sitting on a mountaintop looking at an ocean and you're starting to think about those thoughts, you're actually reliving those things. And it becomes a fresh wound again. And it becomes the trauma that gets reinstated again. That it's, and it, and it does it makes people go in this very ground, this kind of loopity loo, this very Groundhog Day way of operating, and they keep dating the same people, they keep having the same painful things happen to them, they keep going through the same traumas, and that's because they're not removing themselves from those places that they keep visiting. You don't need to go to the past. You archive your past and you focus on what's happening now. And what you say and do now creates your next tomorrow, your next week, and your next month. It's quantum physics. And so if you want to create a greater life for yourself, if you want to create a relationship, you don't speak about, I want to create a relationship. You talk about how amazing that relationship is now, and you connect to the quantum aspect of yourself and draw it into manifestation. Now, is this something we're doing while we are meditating? Yeah, you're doing this throughout the day. Every day, human beings are constantly leaving their body, sometimes more than five or 10 or 20 times a day, and traveling into all types of ideas and thoughts and worries and this and that and the other. Being a mindful person is knowing that you are the travel agent and you decide where your spirit travels to and not to the places of the painful past and things that have happened to you. Because the more you keep going to those places, you're never going to be able to heal from those things because you keep, re you keep resurrecting them out of that graveyard that it wants to stay gone. It's done. Your body wants to move on. Your cells want to move on. Your, your, neurolo your neurological system wants to create a neuroplasticity so that you can access new information um, and new energies within your synapses and fire off new ways of thinking. So, so the key element is to be mindful that when you notice yourself going to those thoughts, you say, stop. And then you send it into another location. And you can do that right now. Like if I said to you ladies right now, travel to the place where you feel most unconditional love and supported and accepted. Travel to that place right now with your mind and hold yourself there for two minutes. And the key element, like everything, is holding. Like when people have fear, hold love. Don't let go of it. Hold on to it. The longer you hold on to it, the fear will go away. Because every energy that is of a lower frequency cannot hold on for a long time. The way it gets you, the way it traps you is by you constantly giving power to it by involving yourself or engaging it. So I've helped people, you know, do amazing, miraculous things in their life by teaching them how to hold energy. Just hold, just dig your heels into love. Dig your energy into prosperity. Dig your energy into, you know, I'm not going to worry. I'm going to hold on to knowing that everything is going to work out and just hold it. Hold it and practice holding it. And what's going to happen is everything that was not good, that, everything that may not have happened that would have been great for you actually goes the opposite way because you're holding the energy. So any darkness or fear that was around you that would have made it go a different way gets dismissed and released because you're holding your light. And that's what I call holding your light. And it's a shamanic skill that we learn when you go into a hut and someone is sick 
everyone in the room holds health and healing for them. And that person gets better because you, you actually override their own, those energies that are actually making them sick because you're holding a stronger field of energy that actually takes over that frequency. Shaman, does the same apply to forgiveness? Uh, forgiveness for the things that have happened in our past? Because um, I know that's another thing that can prevent us from fully moving on and being in control of our own happiness. So in shamanism, we say forgiveness is a Chinese, the joke is like, I came up with this word, that forgiveness is a Chinese finger trap, right? Forgiveness creates quantum entanglement. That's how we look at it in shamanism. So we don't believe in forgiveness. We don't believe you should forgive anyone because the moment you go and forgive someone, you're creating a hierarchy. You're creating, I'm, I'm the good one and this person's the bad one. And that means you're trapped together for the rest of your life until you can come into a place of acceptance. Acceptance allows everyone to go free. All parties are now released. Acceptance is, yes, it hurt, it sucked, it was horrible, it was like the most uncomfortable thing. I accept the pain, I accept that it happened. Now you're free to go and I'm free to go and now we're no longer quantumly entangled. The reason why people go and relive pain or why they keep going through it is because they're going into this act of forgiveness and through that act of forgiveness, they're, told, they're creating what is called a righteousness and that righteousness then locks that person and them into a quantum entanglement where they both suffer until somebody finds acceptance for the situation. Wow, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> Neither have I. Yeah, forgiveness creates in a hierarchy. That's really that's really profound. Like this is like right in my brain and I'm gonna think about this a long time. Don't go anywhere guys. How to manifest the love that you deserve when we come back after the break. Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We are back. This is the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta with Joan Kelly Walker and the amazing, I mean amazing, Shaman Durek chatting about how to manifest the love that you deserve coming up next. Let's jump right back in. So before the break, we were talking about acceptance and forgiveness. And I think in my brain, I've had those two things in the same place, but actually I need to separate them because it's really profound what you just said about forgiveness creating a hierarchy. Yeah. You see, when you think of it like this, when you go into a place of forgiveness, you're basically creating the hierarchy. The hierarchy then creates a quantum entanglement. This is just basic science and basic understanding of spiritual evolution. So the moment you create a quantum entanglement, that person, that pain, that hurt, that trauma is tied to you for the rest of your life until you come into acceptance. So a lot of times when you see people go in abusive uh, situations, like they have abuse in their family and it goes from one generation, we call it uh, generational abuse, it's because no one came to a place of acceptance. 
So no one came to a place of acceptance and accepted that it happened, accepted that it was hurt, accepted it was terrible. They just keep telling their story to the next family member and hope that somebody at some point in the generational line makes a decision to not um, go into this I forgive and pretend that they really moved through it without really accepting it so that they don't carry the poison to the next generation. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. So the focus should be on acceptance. That's where you need to get. Forget the forgiveness. Accept. Straight to the yes, acceptance. acceptance is true forgiveness. Oh, I love it. Thank you I, for that. I think we're going to have to play this show back over and over and I over again. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about finding the person who we're supposed to be with. I believe in the power of manifestation and bringing this into your life through thought. How can we put this energy out there to find them? So in order to find, (laughs) all right, go ahead. In order to find what people call your soulmate or your twin flame, everyone has a different name for it. You have to be willing to be transparent. That means that you have to be willing to be so truthful and clear about who you are and why you are and what you are so that you can draw in a person without trying to draw someone in and then put on what I call a pretend act or put on a costume of will they love me, will they like me. In order for a relationship to to create a manifestation of a relationship of a soulmate or twin flame, transparency and the ability to know who you are so clearly that you're not seeking them to like you or love you. You're seeking to be understood from who you are, that you're not going to change who you are because they want you to change. The reason why people don't have call in their true mate is because they're not willing to be transparent about it. They're not willing to say, Hey, this is who I am. This is what you get. Can you love this? No. Okay. Then you're not the one. I don't need to compromise. There's uh, no one wants to eat compromised pie. And I don't know if you taste compromised pie, but it tastes horrible. It's not good to eat compromised pie and no one needs to take scissors and cut themselves in half just because they feel like this person can only love 30% of them. And the other percent is they're going to, they're going to leave out. You have to come in a hundred percent you without any guilt, shame, or feelings that, Oh my God, what if they know this about me? They're not going to like it. If that person doesn't like all that you are, that is not the one. I love that. And if you want to attract other amazing people to you, then you need to be that person too. You need to be authentic and you should remember your self-worth. And when you do that, you stick to your standards and you're going to attract a person who does the same. And when two people with high standards find each other, it's quite magical. Yeah. And what about so people that are in relationships? I mean, I've been married for a very long time, and most people that have been in a long-term relationship, you know, there's it ebbs and it flows. And how do you strengthen those bonds and continue to create that when I'm ebbing and he's flowing? Like sometimes you you drift apart and you come back. How do you keep that that strength? The only reason why people drift apart is because they're being immature. They're not taking responsibility for their own triggers. They're projecting it onto the other person to fix them or to deal with the triggers that they're being affected by. They're not keeping their little child, that playful child, that, that fun, that, that excitement, that, that romance, that connection there because they're holding on to hurt and grudges because they got triggered and they felt like those triggers should be acknowledged by the other person. The person can't understand your triggers if you don't understand your triggers. And I've helped so many people who are about to get divorced come into a new understanding of love in their relationships because all I had to do was teach them about their triggers, stop projecting, stop creating expectations of your partner and allow them to be who they are. If you didn't, if you want to 
If you wanted a race horse, then why did you choose a donkey? And so, again, like, go for the people that you really desire, not the people you feel like, okay, well, I'm going to go for this person. This is not really what I want, but at least I got something. That's going to cause problems in the long term because the key element is truth, 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 authenticity. The more truth, the more authenticity, the greater the longevity of the relationship, the more love, the romance, the more play, the more openness, and the transparency becomes key. But sometimes people change in relationships. If they change in relationships, that's because they're going through insecurities and not looking at their triggers. People don't just change in relationships. They change how they respond in relationships as according to where they feel safe to be transparent in love. Some people hold back a great deal of who they are in relationships, and that's why they change, because they don't feel they're being loved for who they are. They feel they're only being loved by what they think you want them to be. That's because they're not being truthful. And so that causes the, the, the problems that, that arise in relationships. I've had many couples come to me who have said, oh, my husband has changed, my wife has changed. No, what they've done is they've actually shown you aspects of themselves that they haven't shown you because they've been afraid to. Now, the question is, can you accept it? Can you love it? Or do you have a problem with it? And that's the key element is acceptance, understanding, transparency, and realness in a relationship. You have to be willing to love yourself in that relationship more so than you love the other person so that you can show up authentically and they can show up to you as well. And that's how love actually connects each person together is because you admire something in them and they turn you on and they admire something in you and that turns them on. Hmm. And all of this would apply to your friendships as well, like your relationship with your friends. Like sometimes friendships kind of, uh, you know, come and go. They're stronger. You fall out with somebody. But, you know, it's it's the same principles, right? Absolutely. If I'm not amplifying love in my relationships or with my friends, then our paths have, have, paths have moved on. And I, and I release it with love. You know, and if I have a breakup with someone, I don't go into crying fits and whatever. I have a breakup party. I invite people over. I have food. We celebrate their movement forward to that which is best beneficial for them and my movement forward to that which is beneficial for me. Putting the, the reason why people say, oh, I have heartbreak is because they have ego break because all of their investment, they feel they lost in what they gave to that relationship. And quickly, I know that you're in a long-term relationship um, and you have been for a while. How do you find that strength and maybe some tips and tricks on how to maintain a long-term relationship? So for me, the way I handle it and my relationship is very complex because of the fact that she is the princess of Norway. So I have to deal with the royal family and the media and everyone else in our personal business. But at the same time, it's, it's always about having fun together and playing and being there to support her, hold space for her, and honor her as a powerful woman, and always make sure that I'm listening to her wisdom because she is the eyes and the ears that I am not, and I am the same for her. And as long as I remember that I chose her because she is everything that I need, and so vice versa, so we can amplify love into the world. And that's the key element is to respect the person that you brought in because obviously you brought them in because they have traits and ideas of seeing things that you cannot. And that's what makes a beautiful and healthy relationship. I love all of that. And Me too. Make sure I love and, that. And, and make sure you're hopping on those video calls. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this week's show, Shaman. You are such an amazing person. I absolutely love you and all the wonderful work that you do and giving back. Where can people get a hold of you if they'd like to learn more about you, maybe book a session with you? 
So to book a session with me, you'd have to sign up on my newsletter. And um, you can also check me out on Instagram. I'm on Clubhouse. You can find me on BitCloud if you want to get into investing in me where you make money as I grow. You can do that as well. And you can also go to shamandurek.com and take some of the shamanic classes to upgrade and up-level yourself and optimize your life and watch some of the YouTube videos to be your own damn guru, which is teaching you how to be your own power source so you're not a codependent being operating in a spiritual mentality of codependency and sheeple consciousness. Joan, where can we learn more about you? I'm at joankellywalker.com or on Instagram, joankellywalkerofficial. And you can find me, official Laura Bellotta, on Instagram, uh, singleinthecity.ca, and on Clubhouse, Laura Bellotta. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in for this week's show. Until next week, ciao for now.